Welcome to the Think Smarter podcast by Joe Sala. So we're going to talk about digital marketing, coming up with business ideas, executing it, and coming up with the networks, particularly contacts in our social media and how to strategically align our plans. So basically, we're going to make it more fun and engaging, sensible, optimistic, and definitely something that we could say, think smarter. Hello everyone. So probably what's the best thing for me to say uh, to continue our last episode about digital marketing is that we will really wanted to encourage everybody to jump into the digitalization or let's just say social media activation. But at the same time, while we are just still discussing about these things, it, it's more of coming up with a good strategy wherein you're not just focusing on the numbers which are which i really now call it as aesthetics or vanity numbers about the likes the shares but eventually because you wanted to go into the insights so if you are a facebook page manager or anybody has an access to the to the back end of the facebook page or a Facebook group administrator, or you're using any other tools that would allow you to analyze the reach and the engagement, I really have to encourage you to go into the details and then try to identify which from the target market or audience your, your posts are really creating an impact. Because at the end of the day, you wanted to convert or do the sales funnel. The sales funnel has been like a traditional visualization of what any efforts that we are doing right now from a, from general reach, mass media, uh, up to the point of call to action response, enrolling, uh, trying to buy the product or until they purchased it, and eventually experiencing the product. And upon experiencing the product, then later on, they will be like loyal brand advocates. So that type of behavior really wanted to reach out to our audience so that whatever that we are trying to do, it's not just because we wanted the numbers, but we identify with the numbers that truly counts. And that is conversion and eventually sustainability of our campaigns. Gone are the days that you just really wanted to to get those numbers high up. But as the social media is trying to to identify that the race for getting the most number of likes and shares, it should correspond to to brand loyalty later on that you have to stick uh, to each episode or each post and try to engage really on a certain behavior. So as much as I really wanted to comment some other groups that I have seen so far that they have been asking some of the members to please like and share the page. Yes, it could provide reach, but at the same time should not rely solely on those particular limited actions. Um, I don't like to beg for uh, just a like and share. At the end of the day, there's always a responsibility or accountability on the brand stakeholder 
to really provide the best features of your product and provide a brand value that eventually all of the users or patrons of the product would truly be proud of and providing good testimonies online. So if you are still asking people for likes and shares, uh, it might be very temperamental, split seconds or not, because at the end of the day, you just really wanted to know if this audience or fans that you deemed to be favorable are really those audience that has an easy access or could easily afford your services. Because if it's not, then you're, you're trying to buy some time more. A time that perhaps they'll have an access to your product or a time that they have um, eventually going to to get to experience the product okay and you just don't want to provide them an access in easy access to them by giving it away for free because the value will somehow diminish you have to come up with a, a with a brand uh, value that is aspirational that people are going to persevere and work hard for it although it may be a like a brand staple but at the end of the day it's like there is a certain edge why people should go to your brand instead from your competitors. So we're looking at with a deeper understanding. And this is coming from a perspective that I'm not just an influencer or a blogger, but because I'm also a brand advocate and stakeholder, I've been coming up with so many brands, particularly local. Because as a marketing guy, you should not be riding on the popularity of the brand because exactly that's the purpose of why of our job is. So at the end of the day, it's like we have to come up with a better strategy, help it grow, extend it, introduce it to a further, uh, to produce more momentum in terms of purchase. So that's going to be very helpful as well. Okay. Um, now going back, as you create your digital assets, you also have to understand that uh, engagement is also leaning towards having your own website and having your own website would mean you have to create a, a better aesthetics because uh, as they say and i would really support that that um, all of the social media efforts being executed would only go to waste and you know social media they come and go or probably um some of the social media accounts are more niched. So if you wanted to be present in all of the platforms, I encourage that for, for better brand representation or presence. But the website will always be there. That will always be yours. So you try to invest further on that particular site. And then you have to provide and be more strategic of what particular parts or categories information should be available. I totally disagree on coming up with static or infomercial. Uh, people, of course, we wanted to read, gather more information, but at the same time, we wanted also to, since it's the website stands as the official address of any business online, so you have to engage further, particularly in your website by asking them to register, to log in, provide you the information and trust you further until you receive the payment. And then um, 
you could just definitely ensure the safety and security of all of this information, particularly in the payment gateway. And um, beyond that, you should also be able to understand which particular parts of the website really does matter. So that if there are certain, let's just say we call it a bounce, uh, bounce rate, you have to be conscious of what is acceptable, particularly to your product or to your industry. Because uh, sometimes bounce rate, if by, well, generally speaking, if it's going to be beyond 40 to 50%, then there must be something wrong. So the, the momentum and the interest, the moment they go to your website should be more or less longer. It means that they are more curious about the information that they wanted to find out and then eventually at least lead them to, to a point of conversion, whether you wanted them to log into register or to purchase. Then in the website, you, you will be able to identify which particular product or behaviors. I think that's why some people are even looking at storing some cookies, um, any behaviors that they could understand and provide them further analysis. And it would lead to certain improvements, not just on design, but probably on the interest or even in the product category, because like you've said, especially right now it's pandemic, people are, you could consider the, the website, particularly in retail, e-commerce, it's like a, a mall. So the longer they stay or they provide you a clear pathway towards the interest until the purchase. So any alternatives that goes next to it or that is somehow near to, to the choice, or we could say alternatives to the products that is probably or that are popular, then it provides a clear understanding that they are highly likely to purchase alternatives if under certain situations, they could be able to provide an advantage. Uh, what do I mean? Um, probably some people will be buying a specific particular brand or product, but eventually upon going to the purchase, let's just say that they were not, their funds are insufficient or probably the model that they really wanted to is not available. So the opportunity is that for the competitor to present another option which is it could be more affordable, it could be a better design, or it has a better feature or other product offerings that it may not have been the priority of the buyer, but they have a better advantage in that particular field. Um, let's just say some people usually prefer what? Okay, this is again um, a, uh, just an example. So let's just say some people are preferring the latest model of uh, iPhone. And then unfortunately, the latest model is not yet available in, a, in the region or in the country, but you have the urgency to purchase a cell phone. So what you're going to, you're going to do is to find an equivalent model, perhaps from um, Samsung, Oppo, Huawei, and then you have these alternatives, but you find out that Huawei is cheaper, but it has a better storage. So you choose that over the, over the others. And then unless 
Huawei is not able to provide you a better option, then probably you go to Oppo, then Samsung, set also, you know, so on. So um, it's really a matter of on how you also provide certain um, edge on, uh, we call it combo, or uh, for example, if you buy this particular phone, it comes with a speaker or earphone or any other gadgets that could complement the usage of your gadget. So let's say you buy a phone and then you get uh, an earphone for free, plus a Bluetooth speaker, or probably a bag, something like that. So anyway, I, I don't want to complicate so many things, but this is like a human behavior. All you just have to do is convert it into a digital experience and then be clear about it. Definitely the visuals has to be very convincing. I would suggest to include human aspects so that people could eventually have a relation or be able to feel certain impact because uh, there's a psychology basis wherein people will be able to relate with another object or let's say an advertisement if they could see and feel the emotions. So visuals will be there or other components depends on the media. So if you are looking at a video, then the whole component, the acting, the music, and, and so many things. So, uh, I don't want to explain it further, but again, this is a very good opportunity for you to probably make a, a good anticipation of the coming episodes. And then for any questions, for any suggestions, feel free to leave me a message and then make sure to like my page in the Facebook and in, of course to follow me, subscribe across the social media, which is Joff Solas. So again, I'm just leaving you all of this particular moments. I don't want to prolong it, but definitely my advice is to think smarter. Stay safe, everyone. And of course, have a great day. Hello, everyone. So again, this is Joff Salas of Think Smarter. So I'm coming up with another episode as immediate as possible as a bonus because I really wanted to, you know, somehow make the most of it. Especially last year, I was somehow lazy. And then this past few weeks, but some people, I wanted to really be more active in podcast. Um, again, um, I just really wanted to share all my knowledge, particularly in the fields that I am very active and passionate of. So I'll be discussing about digital marketing. But aside from that, there are some other topics that I'll be able to share with you. Ayoko masyado maging political, pero of course, it is also one of my ways of telling everybody to think smarter, di ba nga? So uh, coming as from the hotel industry, and then recently probably you have encountered a, a recent scenario in the Philippines wherein there was an involved guest who stayed in a hotel and then suddenly she was uh, succumbed to a very, let's just say, unfortunate event. And along with that scenario is that there were further investigations, it's been sensationalized. There are still a lot of personalities being involved. I know this is a crime, but however, I believe that it may not be a a good interest for everybody to to dwell into, especially right now that we have to think of what's happening with the COVID-19, the pandemic, and the vaccination, and then what should be the effects and expectations that we should be getting, when we should be getting all of these vaccinations, whether they're effective or 
if there are symptoms or let's say side effects, how are we going to recuperate from those particular negative side effects? And nevertheless, uh, again, going back to this scenario, coming from the hotel industry, I just really wanted to give you a good insight. First and foremost, um, in that case, I don't want to mention it because again, I don't want to put more sensationalism about the topic, but coming from a hotel perspective, all I could say is that first, the hotel is classified as quarantine. And it is very clear in the interagency task force for COVID-19 in the Philippines set up by various national agencies that hotels will be categorized into quarantine or staycation. And there are only, as of this moment, 15 hotels that are allowed to accept staycation or leisure. The rest is should be listed and accredited with the Department of Tourism as well to be categorized as a quarantine, meaning that if there are any persons, tourists, locals who are who have been traveling and then they have to be quarantined just because they are being suspected or probably they are under monitoring because one way or the other, they have high chances of getting infected with a, with a virus because they've been exposed. So when we say exposed, I don't want to prolong or ex, uh, you know expound it further, but as long as they were able to have a contact to a person or a patient that has been diagnosed and confirmed to be COVID-19 uh, patient, okay? I'm not a doctor, I'm just also like a civilian, it just happens that I also come from a medical family, so that's why this is really bothering me. And coming, and you know, yeah, of course, I'm coming from the hotel industry. It is very unusual that some of the establishments fail to follow the protocols. And what what's really worse is that they already have expected it. Some of the bookings, particularly leading to the holiday season last year, December, thirty-one New Year's countdown there were people who were able to violate it in with i don't know the reasons but it has been allowed by the hotel to accept bookings as a quarantine hotel to accept leisure bookings because later on i found out hey well they are flights towards fa and all the while i thought the rooms that were booked were based on the corporate account in order to accommodate a you know a, a usual client a regular client under professional or business purposes however like if we said eventually it is for leisure she just happens to know somebody a friend i don't know for which particular employee but probably in the management or higher who has the authority to accommodate leisure, regardless it is a violation. And not only that, it's not just her. So it just happened that there are other rooms who also have been compromised, okay? Particularly to that floor. So just imagine whether you are directly or indirectly involve and happen to probably be sharing the same floor it is very surprising and scary to think of it right 
But nevertheless, so what's my opinion? Again, this is my honest opinion. Definitely, the the hotel uh, made a mistake, and it is a violation. So it is already apprehended, and it was told to be sanctioned by the Department of Tourism that they're going to be uh, dismissed. Uh, the revocation of their certificate uh, for six months, and then probably something so forth. Um, as a corrective measure, what I would be suggesting from the management is to identify who those people involved were. And, and eventually, especially if, if this were some staff, particularly if having a you know, lead role in the company, definitely they have to be responsible for the rest of the employees who will suffer the same consequences. So it's going to be very unfair, but just imagine what if there were people infected by COVID-19 and suddenly it spread out just because and they've been compromised other leisure guests, you see? So anyway, aside from that, um, the accused suspects, the 11, and it seems that the numbers are going to still increase because the other rooms are now being identified and tracked down. Personally, they have violated the IATF rules. They are also, um, they should be given the right uh, procedure in terms of investigation of whatever should be extended to them. But at the same time, they also have clearly violated the IATF rules. Now, whatever should be implemented or sanctioned to them, it is also appropriate because like I've said, they could have made the situation worse because in this case, if they only have stayed in their own houses and private, privately have celebrated the New Year's countdown, things could have been better. Lives could have been saved, not just, but also the, not only life, but the reputation because having this, being involved in such scandal would also entail them a, like a, a mischievous personality and a, an identity that definitely it would not be very good for them to gather uh, to gather a good impression from others. There is, again, this is a sensationalized topic that probably has been blown out for so many proportions, but I believe that we should not be paying so much attention about them that's why I'm just discussing this not because I wanted to become part of the trend, but I wanted to explain from a hotel perspective what were the violations. And clearly, if you're coming from a hotel and tourism industry, you have to make sure that your clients are always safe. So accepting a booking that is totally far from what you are allowed to accommodate is a violation. And it is already something that you should not be doing. And now that they have that they have already violated the rules, so they have to submit all the necessary protocols, um, you know, proofs or evidences that could help in solving the particular crime and scandal. But nevertheless, um, it will serve a very good message across hotels in the industry that 
everybody who is looking into the possibility of of involving themselves in this particular industry and while we are still experiencing the pandemic well just imagine that okay so you have to make it to do things smarter as i always say and then my advice to the youth is that you have to value your families more whether you're a parent or a child whether you are still in your own legal age or still dependent from your parents i believe that everybody has to to take this situation the pandemic seriously you stay at home you try to secure whatever is possible especially your jobs if you're working and if you are what you have plans to beat your anxiety then you have to divert to a situation or an action that you have to be accountable for so i guess I, this is exactly how i would like to end it and if you wanted to appeal to the online people just leave these people behind let them deal with their own problems because definitely they have nothing to do in solving our situation okay um, I let the law implement uh, its course, especially of what is should have been done and implemented, and it should be executed properly. Okay, that's how I see it. Again, this is my personal opinion. You may agree or disagree. Uh, I hope to just be able to like uh, provide a comment or probably a reaction but in a sense that we are still creating an online discussion that is healthy and definitely smarter. Okay, so again, thank you. See you again for next episode. And um, I hope you guys are following and whoever your idols are online, make sure of it that they are doing brilliant things that could help you to become a better person, not worse. Think smarter.